Let's go, let's go. It's five o'clock. It's good. From Yawa, this is two takes in a pod. Hello and welcome to Two Takes on a Pod. My name is Osai. And my name is Falaren. This is our podcast where we give you two takes on our theme of the moment. Yeah, and our theme of the moment today is freedom of expression. And, you know, how do you feel about it? I mean, the idea that we should be able to share what we feel, when and how we feel. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. without being checked, you know? I mean, checked is a different word, but we should definitely be able to say it. Yeah, there should be space for that conversation. Yeah, so on this episode, uh, Osai gives us a couple of his opinions, um, or his takes, I should say, to soften that. Um, <laughs> yeah. On some, some key moments in the last little while where, you know, freedom of ex- expression was in the air. We had to just talk about, you know, the spaces that we're creating for conversation. Yeah, and like, you know, when it's, you know, I guess, I think these ex- episodes we're talking about challenging freedom of expression which i think is healthy and should be encouraged but i think we explore how that happened and whether or not you know there's some things we could take away from it and some things we need to leave there yeah yeah for sure well we hope you uh, enjoy the episode peace continues by saying that if Jackson did, the children should have felt lucky. Their first time was with the King of Pop, adding, do you know how good it must have felt to go to school the next day after that shit? No, no, I don't, but <laughs> that's what he said. And then it says, Chappelle also returned to the now informer's obsession with making fun of trans people, saying, trans people hate my fucking guts. I don't blame them. I can't stop writing jokes about these niggas. This time, these jokes included asking the audience how funny it would be if he was actually a Chinese person stuck inside a black man's body, which you guessed it also included a racist impression of a Chinese person. He also found the time to defend fellow controversial comedians Kevin Hart and Louis C.K., painting them as victim over and over serious call-out culture. Hmm. I feel like they need to get into more detail like that. How did he try to defend... Um, how exactly did he try to defend Kevin Hart and Louis C.K.? Was it that Kevin Hart had done something nine years prior and apologized and acknowledged it and then it came up again and everybody acted like this was the first time he had, he had just did it I, I I feel like whoever is at fault there is a natural reas- reac- response of frustration like like I have to give you that okay now you may not handle it perfectly and you double down on how you feel that's on you you fucked up I can get that right but if someone, if, if I've apologized 17 times for something and I know I do not feel this way anymore, but because your feelings are hurt, because you just heard it for the first time, I'm not supposed to be like, like, I, I here, I was like, hey, you know, I, this is, it was a long time ago. I did not, you know, mean those words. I was a very different person then. That's not who I am now. Like that to me seems like a natural response. Yeah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's just like, okay, like if you don't say, oh, you have to say sorry and all this kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I, I can get that annoyance. Now, should he have said sorry? Sure. Like, you know, people are really hurt and offended by these things. But he also did. It, no, should he have said sorry again? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like he might like just for, take the sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if it means that much to you, you know, I think I've done the real work necessary to mm-hmm. kind of make sure I am not perpetuating these things anymore. So, right. So, I mean, the only, the only beef I have with this commentary on Dave Chappelle is, when did Kevin Hart become a controversial comedian? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I understand that 
that particular incident was controversial, <laughs> that incident, right? But in general, is When they came across it after nine years. Yeah, yeah. But still a controversial, like, moment in his, in his career. But his content is by no means, like, controversial generally. Or neither is his personality. He's not like he's out there. I mean, is infidelity in your marriage, that's more of a sin than it is, like, a controversy. Like, and, like, even if it's a controversy, like, it's not, like, it doesn't have anything to do with, um, you know, prejudice or any kind sort of discrimination whatsoever. It does have I mean, to do with the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I wouldn't say the patriarchy. I would say flawed humans because everybody cheats. Like, let's also make that, that, that very clear. You know, something like, yes, like this is a man who has cheated on his wife, but there have been women who have cheated on their respective husbands. Cool. So you sent me this piece to talk about, um, why people had beef with Dave Chappelle's, uh, stand up. Mm -hmm. The drop, what was it called? Sticks and Stones? Right. Um, and basically, your take is that Deshapal has a right to be as crude and crass as he wants to be, or like what? Um, yeah, I think he has a right to be as like I, uh, to explore these topics as honestly as he can, and if he doesn't do it perfectly, again, it is art, right? Like you can't control how perfect. Like you know, so someone's <laughs> so, so uh, when I talked about this with someone for the first time, they said, "Oh, he could have done like uh, you know, he could have made these jokes better." Well, I, I was like, okay, so I think the point he was trying to talk about with, you know, all the different, um, uh, I guess, gender identities in the car was to kind of like explore what their relationship looks like and like what's, you know, and then like just basically how society looks at them in that car mm. almost, right? Yeah. Like the, it was kind of like the experience of, oh, they're in that car together dealing with each other, but also having to deal with society as well. And then. To me, yeah, so some of it wasn't, like, perfectly lined or crude or whatever it is. But, like, with art, you can't just set lines and parameters and be like, this is where the, the thing should... Like, it he might have tried 17 other ways to make the joke slap, and this was the only way that worked. Yeah. And it still got some of the point across. So, for me, when I looked there, it wasn't... I didn't get the impression that, like, again, I'm not somebody in the LGBTQ plus community. So, I can't speak to how exactly they should feel. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm just looking at one, the, the art to the intention. Was the intention to be, uh, insulting, derogatory, disrespectful to people of this, um, uh, of this community? I don't, I don't, I didn't see it. I wasn't convinced that that was the case. Um, but, yeah. Neither, but like, I, I, you, you, basically, it seems that, the person writing this piece, the, the tone of this piece, mm-hmm. isn't even trying to understand the analogy that you're talking about that he paints about the car. And right. Like, it's social commentary on on the movement, right? Mm-hmm. And because he's so uh, outrageous in like how he presents it, right? right. Like, like these direct. The yeah. writer of this <laughs> is too busy being offended to like over to hear the point. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, and, and you know, that's some people are just going to do that. You know, Denise, like that's, I, I'm not mad at it. I'm just like, I get I, it. I see it. And I'm just like, cool. You can say that. But also we recognize that there might have been a point here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like there was a greater point mm-hmm. and like him doubling down on it was the point. Like he starts off the thing saying like, um, oh, uh, the thing is, I don't know. I think he says something like, I don't know if I should crack this joke because there's two people that I'm afraid of. He does said there's this and then it's you guys mm-hmm. because you guys are going to start talking and everything. And then he proceeds to push that line and to, to see. 
feel like the Chappelle's uh, Sticks and Stones was a direct response to our society as it is now and cancel culture. Like, he basically was the only comedian who had the gravitas, maybe the balls, and really just the on just the talent, really, to be able to navigate this line. And we also know that, like, you're not going to perfectly navigate that either. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't try because that's what freedom of speech is. You know what I mean? Like, you're supposed to speak truth to power, your truth, whatever. You know, it's kind of like sometimes it feels like because of the outrage and cancel culture, it feels like if you don't understand, it's almost like only the people who are offended get to to say how they feel, right? The people who are not offended, and this even includes for white people, right? Like, like the people that, that are not offended, that don't understand, can't really share <laughs> what they don't know. So you sit on this in this in this place. I would you're say like, that they can't. I would say that there's lots of spaces for that. But you're you're basically just saying that there's one loud voice. I, I would say this, like maybe there are lots of spaces for that, and those safe spaces are always encouraged. I don't think that those places are just available the way we would like. So what I mean by that is this, if there is a, is there's an environment somewhere where somebody's sharing this or explaining, Oh, this is the experience or whatever it is. Quite often people are not really receptive to an ignorant question, whether or not it's intentionally gaslighting. In some cases it might be. And sometimes it's like, okay, like how would you not just know? How do you not know that women are going through this? How do you know that us black people are yeah, going yeah, through this? Yeah. How do you not know that the LGBTQ So this was- is drifting a bit, right? Let's stick back to the thing, right? So it's, like, I mean, it, it's still essentially the same thing. It's yeah, like yeah, you, you, you do not stay away from talking about Dave Chappelle. It is talking about Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle has basically <laughs> sat down on. He's created his safe space, which is his special, yeah. right? To have that conversation mm-hmm. and. This is the response you're getting from it. So it's like I'm asking questions, or no, maybe not asking questions. Like these are my observations. Am I off here? Because this, this is what it looks like. It's like, well, no, you're diminishing our experiences. You're diminishing diminishing who we are. So that's the challenge there. Like the, I guess you say there are places where people can have this conversation and try and learn. And I think I agree with that. I feel like when the situation occurs, when you because you're not sitting down like writing this list of all these questions that you need to like learn and research. Right. Some of it comes up conversationally. It comes up experientially. And I don't think people account for that when they are, you know, basically outraged. Hi, guys. Two takes on a pod segment out for you guys. This time around, we are curious. What cultural norms have you made a choice to kick and why? We're getting to that point in our lives where we're making decisions on what to learn and unlearn from our childhood. So we're really curious to see what cultural norms or what thing that would seem normal to you that you made a decision to kind of throw away. Send it to us at two takes at the pod at gmail.com. That's T-W-O takes and a pod at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Like he used his, his position in comedy mm-hmm. and knowing that he's the only one that can really push like me, maybe him and Joe Rogan that can really push those boundaries and not really see any loss from it and they're not tight dependent on the I guess the power structure that is in Hollywood right like he, that, he's shown that in his career mm. so it's like basically this guy is saying that he's putting that at a risk and he's putting that at a question it's been what over eight to nine months since this special actually came out right and I don't think it's done any of that Right. Like it's, it's not done any of that. And it's because it's like, it's honest. 
you know, like you, your, your grandparents, or I don't know if you have any conservative family members or people around you that will say some things that, yeah, you love them, but God damn, are you seriously going to come at me with that today? You know, like this is not the case here. Right. But the same distinction applies where it's like, okay, this isn't perfect. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't meant to be perfect. Right. And if this was perfect, we'll just have a computer do it. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like not everybody's going to check off on these jokes and that has to be fine. You understand what I'm saying? If not, if I'm watching out for everybody's feelings, it takes away from it. So it takes away from the quality. But back to the point here is just, it's only, it's, it's really only a handful of comedians that can really push this and, and, and really show people that some of these things that you're getting mad about are a little bit, you know, they're, they're, they're more important things that these communities are dealing with. I don't want to say that this isn't important or anything, but I'm just saying that like, I don't think this is a challenge or this diminishes what those communities are fighting for. I don't think it takes away from any of those communities. I think it forces us to reflect and the people who don't fully understand, who are really trying to learn, who are trying to understand this new paradigm shift are kind of seeing that, okay, we're in the process here. It's not perfect. Everybody's working towards something. It doesn't take away from the fact that you're working towards something good, like in terms of the LGBTQ plus community. It doesn't take away from the fact that they should, we should continue to hear and feel and listen to their voices. It doesn't take away from any of that. But it's just saying, you know, like, hey, sometimes I notice this. I notice that. Like, is that, <laughs> is that cool? Or is that, you know, how does, how is this supposed to work in the grand scheme of things? So how does this connect to, um, Netflix and Netflix not being in the truth of power business. As far as Netflix is concerned, um, it's talking about the, the Netflix piece is talking about how Netflix was like, hey, we're not in the truth to power business. We're really just out here, you know, getting permission. Like that's what Reed Hastings said in an interview, I think on Recode Decode. And that got people pissed off. Cause like, what the fuck do you mean? Like we're doing all this stuff. We're telling truth in our art, in our projects, all these kind of things. Like, what do you mean we're not in the truth to power business? So I think his chief marketing officer came in to try and clean that up. Um, was what, did, it? what did he mean by that? Did he, cause he explained it when he said it. Um, it was kind of like in the midst of things. So they asked them about the fact that about uh, Netflix's decision to take out, uh, the, the episode about Saudi Arabia, um, has a menage, uh, Patriot Act episode about Saudi Arabia out of, uh, I guess out of all, out of Netflix in Saudi Arabia, basically. So if you, if you watch Netflix in Saudi Arabia, you will not be able to watch that specific Patriot Act ex episode, right? And they asked him about his decision to do that. And he said, Hey, like Netflix is in the truth to power business. And then I can't remember what exactly he said. Well, pull up the articles right in front of you. Um, I know I do have the article. It just doesn't go into what else he said, right? It just says, um, you know, what everybody took issue was with was he's not in the truth to power business, right? And I think, the uh, Ted Sarandos, the chief content officer, tried to clarify Hastings' comment, saying that Netflix is in the truth to power business. It's just that it's just that the truth to power business is also the entertainment business. And taking down shows because the government tells you to do is part of doing business if you distribute to shows around the world, which kind of makes sense to me. So yeah, I'm just gonna pull up what he actually said so that we. Uh so this is what he actually said. Uh, well, we're not in the news business. We're not trying to do truth to power. 
we're trying to entertain. And we can pick fights with governments about newsy topics, or we can say, because the Saudi government lets us have shows like Sex Education, that a show, uh, that a show very liberal lifestyle and show very pro- provocative and important topics. And so we can accomplish a lot more by being entertainment and by influencing a global conversation about how people live than trying to be another news channel. So basically, okay, so he's talking about the other link. Sorry, continue. Um, so basically, his argument was, um, you know what? Netflix is a player in these spaces, in these, um, in these uh, environments, right? That if you're on the liberal side of things, you know, you want them to have exposure to this kind of content that display a liberal lifestyle mm-hmm. that could maybe move them towards your way of thinking. And he's basically playing chess. He's saying, listen, um, we'll say, fuck it. We'll take down this episode that you don't like because we've got these other situations in play that maybe work in our or those because he's not saying that's not our game right it it also achieves in some way that same goal right Right. so he's basically saying listen we have uh, a bigger game here and i'm I'm willing to win or lose one battle to win the larger war so what do you think of that i think it's absolutely correct like i don't i don't see any problem with this at all like you know i maybe it's like you know I, i don't know maybe i'm too capitalist or something but if you have all this content um that basically helps show tell stories and liberate other people and you've been able to keep that content um on your platform and share it around the world that's really powerful and useful if this one specific episode is the episode that uh saudi arabia has put a dictatorship by the way has put their foot down on and there's not going to be any voting or democratic process to take out this show um like you don't have any power there like the u.s isn't like the trump's not going to come in and support them that's for sure like so who's going to come in there and say okay like do you need governmental power like uh what, what, what was the word yeah gov- like you need a government like entity to really help push that pressure like it's not just gonna be netflix saying no and then taking netflix all the way out of saudi arabia who does that help yeah, really yeah. so so okay now that there's proper contest back to the cleanup oh Okay, so yeah, so basically we're talking about the chief content officer basically explaining that, uh, and what were his words exactly? He says, hey, what, you know, he said what he meant or tried to clarify was Netflix is in the truth, is in the truth to power business. It's just that the truth to power business is also the entertainment business. And taking down shows because the government tells you to do so is part of doing business if you distribute shows around the world. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's part of doing business, bro. If they say take it down, what are you going to say? No. Like, yeah, like, and then who's going to back us up? Trump? Like, yeah. like, because that's, that's all they have left. Okay. Netflix is an American company. So the, you know, the diplomats or whoever gets involved and say, Hey, uh, you are bullying this company and you can't do that. But Trump is not going to do that. So they know for a fact that they don't have any other support system mm. to be able to impact that even if they wanted to. So that being said, uh, we'll take out this episode and we'll keep sex education, which <laughs> if you've watched that show, I'm surprised they even let that in, in, in on in Saudi Arabia to yeah. be perfectly honest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I think that that is still a win. I think all those messages that are captured in the, uh, Saudi Arabia, episode can pretty much be picked up in the China episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And vice versa. The themes still apply. <laughs> they still apply. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. um, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense to me that these guys are, you know, I guess under fire for this, you okay. know? 
Hey guys, we're just taking a little bit of a break from the show. As you know, Two Takes and a Pod is brought to you by Yawa Magazine. Uh, Yawa Magazine publishes three pieces a month on music, culture, and community. If you love uh, pieces like that, if you like reading on things like that, please do follow us on Yawa Magazine on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also visit our website at www.yawamag.com. And if you'd be interested in writing for Yawa Mag, please do reach out to us. You can find us at yawamagazine at gmail.com. Thank you. Now back to the show. So, all right. So, in terms of connecting this to like a, what's the clear line of what to talk about and what's what's okay to talk about and what's not okay to talk about and when, right? Um, Gail King on on Kobe and asking those questions about Kobe's uh, Kobe's life and Kobe's legacy mm-hmm. um, at such a such a time and to such a person like Kobe's good friend right so that was uh, that was met with some outrage from the community right mm-hmm. from the black community and and I'm guessing you had some thoughts because you like uh, threw some things up here I mean yeah um, I mean did you have some thoughts too nope really not in not in connection to this theme. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for, for for me, this this is kind of like the same thing. Um, and is it's the idea of choosing when and when not to step in, whether to I guess quote unquote speak to something or to remain silent. I think that's kind of what the underlying theme is for everything here. So with Gil King, she basically asked uh, Lisa Leslie, uh, who is this legendary female NBA WNBA player um, who also played um, in Los Angeles around the same time as Kobe and they had a great relationship. And she now currently works, um, I think, for CBS or Fox in the media space, in the sports media space. So she she was asking her a very relevant question that, you know, this Lisa Leslie herself would probably have to speak to in some capacity in the future. Um, so in this long form interview, it wasn't just two minutes or whatever. They talked about a whole bunch of different topics. And this was one of the questions that um, uh, Gil King asked Lisa Leslie, right? Um, and let me look for these specific questions. Um, so she goes, it's been said that his legacy is complicated. Is it comp- complicated for you as a woman, as a WNBA player? Um, she asked. And then Lisa was basically like, um, you know, no, he's the kind of he's not the kind of person that would do something to violate a woman or be aggressive in that way, right? And then this is the only problem I have with Gil King throughout this whole thing, right? She basically asked the question, right? And then she got an answer and it seemed like you know, even though she asked the like she she's basically asking someone to answer a question, but then you now decide that the answer is not enough. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're and pushing I think, a particular... Yeah, like, I mean, I wouldn't even say that. It was just like, I mean, because it was a fair statement, right? Like, when I think about the questions that Gil King was asking, right? If this was a Harvey Weinstein character or R. Kelly character or some anybody else, right? Um, you know, I'm sorry to say them in that same fucking, in that same space with him, but... It, it, just for somebody who basically has been quote-unquote accused of something, you... 
you, you want to ask these questions and this that question that that same question would have been championed by people do you understand what i mean like if you said well hey look i know the case was you know the, it, it was uh, the person didn't chose not to testify which i'm not sure was exactly true but um the case was dismissed so we don't really know if this person really feels like that that was the case right mm-hmm. so yes the case was dismissed and everything ended but we know that that's how a lot of people are silenced as well and i think that was just really the point she was trying to get at like People are silent because the case is quote unquote closed or resolved or or settled out of court or whatever it is because that other person may not have the money to deal with those with, with those issues or deal with those um, that legal battle. So I understand what she was trying to say there, but she did ask the question. She got the answer, and um, you know, there there could have been a better way to handle that follow up. That that's really all I have, right? But I, in the grand scheme of things, this is probably a maybe thirty minute plus interview. They covered all sorts of topics. And she would have been remiss not to ask that question, question. right? Like, it would really have been, like, you know, she would have been killed if she didn't ask that question. Like, let's be perfectly honest. Like, you know, at least some small group of people would have waited till not now because everybody, you know, understands the, the situation and what the family is going through. But she would have been attacked if she hadn't asked that question at some point in the future. So I think it was a fair question to to at least address, I think her bringing up saying like, like it's been said, right? Like I, I'm not agreeing with this. I don't think so, but I want you to set the record straight for all of us. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of sets the record straight for where it's at. And then you decided that it's not enough, you know? And then that's where like, there's a push and pull there where it's, I understand you're trying to do something, but you know, again, this is kind of like in the situation, this is, this is art for lack of a better word. Like you cannot control exactly how perfectly somebody can respond to something. I think ultimately it's really where the intent lies, mm. you know? And, uh, I mean, things are people, people are also brought question into that as well for her, but you know, I think that's where it lies. And I don't think her intent was anything negative. And even Lisa Leslie doesn't seem to have a problem with, um, Gil King following the interview. Seems like everything was kind of fine after cool. she had seen the She's a professional, she, man. you she know, I mean, yeah. So she understands that, that this is kind of what's going on. And then, you know, went from there. So yeah, I think, I think people have come up a little bit harsh on Gil King. Um, it seems like, you know, people have been waiting for this time or something, but uh, just waiting to, to give them. Yeah, man. Cause honestly, I thought everybody loved her like two, like what, like two months ago, you know, and then this happens and then like people are sending her death threats and things like that. Uh, it just shows me that the outrage culture quite often is just so emotional. And I don't think that that does, I think that does so much more harm than good. You know, at this point, I think there was a point where it was doing a lot of good and it was probably like a 80, 20, 70, 30 percentage good versus um, negative impact. I think we're kind of getting to the point where it's reversing now. I think the other thing would be ignorance. I don't think we've like. Okay, uh, so flesh that out. What when you say ignorance? So, tell me so what you mean so basically, we were talking about you know the idea of where where the basically freedom of expression is going, whether people are just free, freedomly expressing themselves or it's getting to an abuse level, right? You're violating something or someone's, um, you know, uh, sensibilities, for lack of a better word, in my mind right now. Um, so. When I talk about like ignorance, it's just like, you know, sometimes people are going to say some things that you find offensive or have taken offense to. And sometimes ignorance is not enough of an excuse for that to be justified. 
Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like some cases where someone's kind of like they don't know, they they have a background that clearly shows that they would not know or, or understand this topic. So it might be responsible, might be your responsibility if you choose to take it uh, to teach them in that moment, or uh, you know that's not good enough, and that person really has been very disrespectful, and they need to be told off, punished, or uh, you know, fired, whatever the case may be. So. In this case, I think, like, in terms of ignorance being allowed, um, you know, I think in a Dave Chappelle situation, there is a level of ignorance that is acknowledged there, right? That I think helps people kind of deal with that better. And I think that might be where the crux of the issue is for some people, right? Like, if you're in the community and you have a full understanding of what these experiences are and what all these little things that he might be saying um, can actually maybe cause some sort of harm mm. or something. Um, is the ignorance allowed there? You understand what I'm saying? Is there a, is there some aspect of it where there is a, I'm trying to understand versus uh, this is how it is, you know? And I think for, for uh, Dave Chappelle, he's straddling that line. He's saying like, okay, you know, if, if I felt this way, like, how does that work? And it might seem like a facetious question, right? But there are legitimate, like, that should be acknowledged, even if somebody, even if it's not just for fun, if it's somebody's trying to exploit that. Because somebody might try and exploit that and somebody might really feel that way. So I think, like, we don't fully understand what this thing, what it is. Um, we don't understand, the, we, like, if for people that don't understand, they just don't understand and they want to be able to get a better view of it, right? And when you're talking about that, I think everybody's kind of gone through that. I'm like, okay, that's different, but I don't know how. I just know that that's different. So, for example, when it talks about the... Um, um, basically being a black person feeling like you're in a Chinese body or something along those lines where it's like, um, yeah, it kind of sounds funny. Yeah, it, it, it might sound dismissive, but I think like for somebody who doesn't fully understand, they're like, is that fair game too? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like really, like some, some people are taking that seriously. Like that might be a legitimate like feeling or in terms of experience, structure, whatever it might be. Where do those lines start? Where does it where does it end, right? And it's not at the expense of, oh, now we can do this to these people. It's just like, no, 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 no. This is what this might be, but this is what this is. And like those two things are very different, you know? So for me, sometimes it's important to show someone to show <laughs> like like that they're ignorant mm. just because then it allows for a conversation to even happen. You know, if everybody's just pretending like they know exactly how this shit should work and how it should all fit in, I don't think it helps. So yeah. that that is kind of where that goes in. Same thing with um um the Gil King situation in terms of ignorance. It's you know, did you know that like maybe that was poorly done? What 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 were you? What was your responsibility in screwing this up? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, she said that she didn't put out the clip and she wasn't informed that that clip was going to be put out prior to to um prior to it being aired. So not necessarily um, like it, that's not within her control. So the ignorance, like for her being not, not being knowledgeable of that fact is I think a fair statement. Do you understand what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, your, your, your corporate bosses essentially control when and when, when and where this thing is going to be put out. So there is, it might be a frustration there, but you know, there, that, that is a fact. 
Okay, uh, that was the episode, guys. Thank you for sitting through that. Um, and wait, 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 what do you mean sitting through that? They enjoyed the fuck out of that shit. What you? Mean? Yeah, or like folding your laundry, <laughs> or you know, driving to work. Thank you. They were listening intently. Uh, intently. My family, to, right? Yeah, to us break down why Dave Chappelle is not a piece of shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was- yeah. Honestly, like I, I think I enjoyed listening to. Um, I think, or, or just exploring that line, you know. Um, and I, and I think your underlying point is that um, we should have spaces and places to have these uncomfortable questions because that's what leads to growth um that's really the underlying thing yeah and and people not being quick to like shut someone down and i agree generally i think i agree with that and you should be allowed to express your thoughts and your opinions um without getting punched in the face um you absolutely should um you know you might get in the punch in the face Mm -hmm. it might be for good reason well, you really shouldn't be getting punched in the face for anything that you say. Yeah, I also you think sh- that you shouldn't complain about it if you do get punched in the face. I will punch back, you yeah. know, so yeah. there's that. But, you know, other than that, like, it's cool. I mean, honestly, though, uh, just, just to add to what you said, it's really that. It's really exploring that line. I think nowadays we express ourselves very freely on multiple platforms like mm. this one. And uh, a lot of people get to hear that and you know, consume it for whatever capacity and they also have the freedom to respond to that, you know? So I think that line of freedom of expression to disrespect or abuse or discrimination, I think that line is really getting a little bit fine mm. and pretty blurred. Um, so we want to test that. We want to explore that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, that's really what the goal of this episode was dope dope so guys if you enjoyed what you heard today um please follow us on all of our social media platforms twitter instagram and facebook uh this episode is written and produced by us osai and falarin our music is by boye he can find him at 1705 muzik on facebook yeah and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode you can find us wherever you find podcasts this has been two takes in a pod thank you for listening Peace.